Episode 79 of the Drive-By Podcast is sponsored by your number one place for Italian food products in Canada and delivered straight to your door. Click on berkichi.ca. You'll see the order button. Order anything you'd like. It's like going to Italy without having to leave Canada. Check out the link wherever you listen to this podcast. This is the Drive-By with Freeway Frank. It's Freeway, late at night here. It doesn't matter when you're listening to this podcast, but at the time of the recording of 79, it's late at night. I just got back. Pretty exciting night, I must say. I was invited to a private function with hopefully the future Prime Minister of Canada, Pierre Poiliev, his beautiful wife, was there, Anita. Surprise guest. I was shocked. I looked over as Pierre Poiliev was speaking. Roman Baber. So we had a nice conversation with Roman, had a nice conversation with Pierre and his wife. He spoke to the very small crowd. As I said, it was a private gathering at a private location. Pierre is here, the conservative leader of Canada and the leader of the official opposition in parliament is here all this week. The polls for Pierre Poilievre here in Quebec, not so good. Apparently even lower than his predecessors, which shocks me. Because Pierre is the best of the best I've seen leading the Conservative Party since Stephen Harper, Prime Minister Stephen Harper. And I truly believe, and by the way, I'm not going to go into an all-political speech. All I'm saying is it's pretty happy tonight to finally met Pierre and Roman. And so I just wanted to start the podcast. I'm getting into other stuff in just a second. I just wanted to, to say if Pierre Poiliev, who's a nice gentleman, by the way, if he can't beat Justin Trudeau, then I don't know. I'm not going to say I give up because those are words that are not part of my vocabulary, but I'd be demoralized, and I think a lot of other people would be too. A lot of people wondering, getting a lot of messages, people saying, Frank, is there an election on the horizon? Possibly. It felt like he was campaigning tonight, even though there's no election, but it felt like it. Now, what did I like about Pierre Poiliev? He said a lot of things, a lot of things that was music to my ears and the people in the room. But one of the things I said to him is, (laughs) I don't know how he took it. I think he took it a good way because he had a smile and shook my hand and we were speaking, we're having a conversation. One of the things I said that I have to repeat is, I said to him, I go, Pierre, you said a lot of things. He said a lot of things. And I said, and they're all amazing and I agree with you. But if even 60 or 70% of the things you said come true, Canada will be in better shape. In other words, I don't expect you to pull off the 100% of everything you said. That that sounds almost improbable. You know, he gave me this look like, oh, yeah? <laughs> but no, you could tell. He smirked and he was like, but if you could pull even half of that, you'd probably be the best prime minister we've ever had. I hope. I hope he gets in when the time comes. And Roman Baber, by the way, or Baber, I should say. Some say Baber, some say Baber. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato was an amazing guy to meet and speak to. I didn't know this, but his wife is Italian. We had a little connection there. He met my wife. Nice conversation. And I thanked him on behalf of many people he represented when he was speaking on behalf of a lot of Canadians who felt 
slighted, who felt like their voice wasn't being heard in the last couple of years. So I thanked Roman. I said, you know what, Roman? Everything you said, I'm with you, thousand percent. Thank God there were people like you out there because you made a difference and you kept us positive and kept us going during the tough times of the last couple of years because it wasn't easy. But you remember Roman stood for people being free, having the right to, to make their own decisions. He was against a lot of the lockdowns and the mandates, all of the lockdowns and the mandates. And without rehashing any of that stuff, it was great to meet him. And by the way, he's an even nicer guy in person. So that's where I just got back from. So if I sound a little tired, it's the end of the day. And here I am recording. I wanted to record. I was going to do the podcast earlier in the day. And then I told my wife, I was like, oh, why would I do that? I'm going to meet Pierre and his wife's probably going to be there. And it's going to be a great evening. And I want to talk about it. So that's why I waited. Earlier today, Changing gears here. Earlier today, so the Dakari is a throughway, as they call it in the United States, highway, whatever, freeway, whatever you want to call it, and it's lower than the ground. Runs through the city basically from midtown-ish Montreal to downtown, all right, to before the downtown area. And there was a police chase today. You may have seen on Instagram. It was hilarious. Now, apparently these guys, three guys, Ended up stealing a whole bunch of cell phones, I think it was. They went in and they stole cell phones. I don't know if they took money at the store or whatever. There was this wild police chase where the Dakari was completely blocked. So there was like traffic full of cars in the back. And the whole road was blocked with police cars trying to get these guys. And an officer or two ran out. And one of the officers that was chasing the three guys, no hope in hell, she was actually not bad. She had a pretty good start, but she looked a little, I don't want to be mean, but she looked a little like, I was surprised. I was looking at her going, you got to be in better shape if you're a police officer. I'm not saying you're going to catch the villains. You're going to catch the thieves, right? But um, I'm looking at her thinking, and um, maybe I'm a horrible person for saying this, zero chance. Zero chance she's going to catch these three guys. And these guys were just running down the Dakari. Imagine like a highway in the middle of the day. They're running. There's no other cars. They're just running because the whole road is blocked. And they're just running up. And there's somebody on the overpass recording on their phone. And the guy even has time. Okay, the guy's running pretty quickly. I mean, the guy's definitely all three of these guys are running to not be arrested. And the guy has time to wave. <laughs> at the camera that's how comfortable he was going there's no way i'm getting caught here if there's cops waiting for me at the other exit different story but no chance this cop's gonna catch me as i said she had a pretty good start but uh, didn't look like a healthy police officer i'm just saying and then eventually she she got trampled and did a couple of spins on the floor kind of felt bad for her because she's all over social media now and then, of course, people are going to start criticizing the police and people criticizing your officers are out of shape. It's, uh, it's embarrassing. She went face first, flat on her face. I'm not sure if they caught these guys, but it was entertaining to watch. This is the type of stuff you watch on KTLA, Los Angeles, right? You're watching it live as it's happening from their helicopter on the 405 freeway in Los Angeles. And there's, a, there's, there's car chases every day, police chases every day. You don't see this. I don't see this very often, at least not being captured in my city here in Montreal. You don't see police chases happening, right? I, I don't know about you, but I was like, wow, that's the carry. And yeah, this is happening right now. 
and, and it made me laugh because there were so many elements to this chase that made it funny. One, it being in Montreal. Two, the um, little overweight cop trying to catch three guys who looked like to be were in good shape. They were even carrying shit, bags, coats. I don't know. They had all this extra weight, and they still got away from this police officer. And then the guy has time to smile and wave at the camera. That's how comfortable they were in their sprint away from the police officers. The 79th episode of the Drive-By Podcast is brought to you by my friends at berkici.ca. It's the best of Italy straight to your home. You could check out their great store in the Montreal area. You could do that. More importantly, you could avoid the traffic going there and all that and order from anywhere in Canada, including here in Quebec. The best from Italy, straight to your home, the finest in Italian products online, ordered anywhere in Canada, they'll send it over to your home. Real Italian products, they've got it all. All these great products when you go vacationing in, in Italy that you think you can't get, Berkici gets. And you're listening in in Vancouver, you can't find in Vancouver. You're listening in from Winnipeg, your little Italy doesn't have it. You're listening in from Ottawa. These, I mean, they have everything. You, you, I'm talking all products. I'm not talking about the most popular ones only. I'm talking about the ones where you think there's no way in hell these products end up in Canada unless somebody brings them over. You know, Berkici brings them over. Not your nonna, your family member. Hey, can you give me a couple of those when you come back? No. They bring it, and you could order it. That's the best part about Berkici. It's heaven on earth when you go into the store, and even online they have all the exact same products at berkichi.ca. Check out the link and click on it to order anywhere you listen to this podcast. My friend told me this story, and you know what? I believed him right away. Some people wouldn't believe this type of story because you think to yourself, who does this? What kind of people do this? I'm going to tell you what kind of people do this. I'm going to tell you what kind of people don't do this. If you're brought up with any kind of decency or you know you're taught what life is about and i don't want to be mean or derogatory and 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 say and point fingers and say you know some cultures do it better than others and and whatever but i am gonna say it i was just talking about italian products so italians we would never do this it's a vergogna it's it's an embarrassment it's a shame we would never do something like this but a friend of mine was telling me a story my friend from toronto was telling me a story about a friend we both know. He and his wife were invited to a birthday party. Big birthday bash. I don't know how, how old the, the person was turning. 50, 60, 70. This person was having a big party. They were invited. Now, they were already told at the beginning that they would have to pay for their own meal. Now, that to me right away is strike one. But I've lived in other parts of Canada where you know I've gone to weddings there was no open bar. You had to pay for your own booze and then give a gift on top of that. People do it differently in different ways. And I'm not saying that Italians are better, even though we are, for for doing it the right way. Sometimes we, we exaggerate. We go overboard. You know, it's like, what? What's the cost per plate now? I have to give how much? I have to put how much in the envelope? You just got to do it. It's, it. it's part of the show. That's it. And if you... Don't put enough in the envelope. Italians, we give money at weddings. You're going to be criticized. Some people don't give a shit. That's okay. But I don't want to be criticized within my community. But that's a totally different story about the, the, the whole Italian wedding and all that. What I'm getting at is 
different people, different Canadians, different parts of Canada do it in in their own way, in different ways. We would never do, my culture would never do something like this. At least not that I know of. And if Italians have done this, I'd be shocked. So they get invited. Not only do they have to pay to go to this party, they have to pay. Okay, And there's nothing wrong. I know here in, in, in Montreal, you go to a birthday party, they ask for a donation, they ask for you know, money, they're going to buy a gift for, for people, or you all go to a restaurant, whatever the case is, and you, you contribute. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that these people had to pay ahead of time to go to this party. They had to pay. And the day of the party, they get a phone call from the daughter of the person celebrating a birthday, uninviting my friend and his wife. Why, you may ask? Can you imagine you're getting ready to go? This is your friend. He's having a big birthday bash. And you get a call from his daughter the day of the party, the day, a few hours before you're set to leave for this party, uninviting you will automatically ask the question, what did he do wrong? Did they do anything wrong? Did something happen? Was there some kind of argument? No. They were called because they miscalculated. And wherever they were holding this party, some restaurant, whatever, they invited way too many people, so they had to uninvite a whole bunch of people. They didn't have space. Now, what would you do in a situation like that? For me, in a situation like that, I would have no choice. Oh, first of all, how do you how do you mess up? <laughs> how do you mess up something like that, right? If it's a wedding at a banquet hall and something like that happens, you find another table, they take out another table, they put some other seats, whatever they have to do to solve the problem, right? So you would think at a restaurant there has to be something. I mean, how badly did they miscalculate? You would have to think Badly here. If they're being uninvited, how many more people were uninvited? Because if it was just them two, it can't be that it was just them two being uninvited. You find two chairs, a table, and you add it to the other big table or whatever they're doing or another set. You find a place to put these people. They're your friends. But to uninvite somebody, can you imagine the embarrassment? But this is what I'm getting at. In my culture, Italians do this. Oh. The story is spreading like a wildfire in California. It's spreading. It's a complete disaster if it's my culture. You're going down. You're going down in flames. You're going to be criticized for doing that. One person is going to tell another person, going to tell another person. Did you hear what Frank did? He uninvited me and my wife to his party. Uninvited. But when you're, uh, when you're a caker, I did just say that word. <laughs> It's a, it's not a it's not a bad word. It's a, you're a munch of cake. We've talked about it on this podcast before with one of my guests. When you're a caker, right? In other words, when you're a, a everyday Canadian, which by the way, I'm Canadian too, but I have some culture in me, thankfully. But when you're when you're a caker, you do that without without any other without any second thoughts. Say, ah, we'll just uninvite uh, Margaret and John. We'll just uninvite them. Well, in this case, there were two Italians. We'll just uninvite Frank and Mary. We'll just uninvite them. 
Oh, yeah. Just like that. Well, just on the, can you imagine? And they were good friends, too. Imagine that. What would you do in that case? Would the friendship, would that, would that mean friendship over? Because I was having this conversation with my friend. We know this couple that had this happen to them last weekend. I think it's immediate suspension of the friendship. I don't care how close you are to the people. You get uninvited to a birthday party day of because they're over capacity. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Crisis center, call somebody up, figure it out. There's got to be a way to get me and my wife in there. You don't cancel day of. If you cancel the party, cancel the party. You uninvite. How many people? There must have been at least. I'm I don't think it was just them. Too. I'm saying it was probably 10, 15, 20 people. But how do you screw that up? Now you've pissed off 15 or 20 close friends. Because if they're coming to a big birthday bash, a big one, 40, 50, 60, 70, that's not just any party, right? That's, that's your closest friends, you would think, or the people you like the most. So you're being uninvited? What an embarrassment. Horrible. For me, it's automatic. I'm telling you, that's it. Termination. Never mind suspension. Termination of the friendship. It's over. If somebody ever in, uninvited me to a party, even if it wasn't a big birthday bash, but I'm going somewhere night of, and they call me and says, Frank, sorry, we have no more space. That means I didn't make the cut. I didn't make the cut on the day of after they screwed something up and then I didn't make the cut. That means there's 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 people before me that they thought, well, we can't cut. We can't cut. No, we can't cut those people, but we could cut Frank. Yeah, we'll cut Frank. Pathetic. An embarrassment. And I would tell my friend, because I haven't told him yet, that friendship is done. It's done. And it doesn't matter if the daughter is younger and she organized the party and she screwed up somewhere, you should know better. You should know better. You can't do that. In a situation like that, I would have at least the people show up and then figure something out. Maybe there's another part of the restaurant. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, I, I'd rather take heat, but heat in a different way and say, look, I don't know what happened, but you're now sitting here. I'm so sorry, guys. I, I don't know what to say. I'm so sorry something was messed up, but to uninvite them is worse, right? Worse than them just showing up. Now, if they showed up and you had to send them home because there was really no space, then what kind of a what kind of a banquet hall or what kind of a restaurant are you going to that they don't have any other space? And again, how badly did you miscalculate that 30, 40, 50 people would be uninvited? I don't know. I wish I could get this figure. But I'm trying to think. What do you think? As you're listening to this, do you think it was just them too? Do you think it was? I, I, I'm thinking it was like maybe 10 people. Like they really miscalculated. It can't be more than that because they'd be complete idiots to mess it up by, by 20, 30 people. But it had to be at least, let's say, half a dozen to 10 people. Two or three couples, four or five couples, whatever. But enough to have to say, look, we have no other space. They just told us and we have to uninvite you. Which to me is... I would be in complete panic mode. And if I didn't know about it, because let's say my daughter or son threw me this surprise party and I found out about it later, well, then what do you do? Because this is what I think could have happened. The guy doesn't even know. He's celebrating his birthday. And let's say it's a surprise birthday. He doesn't even know. Then he probably finds out the next day, oh, yeah, why wasn't uh, Frank and Mary there? Oh, did, did, and oh I had to uninvite them that. You what? 
What do you mean you don't have a... Yeah, a few hours before because we miscalculate. <laughs> if that's the case, then it's not the guy's fault. It's his dumbass moron son or daughter, right? People can't mess up things like this. These are the things that you just, in life, you got to get right. It's bad. It looks bad for everyone. And like, Can you imagine the people at the party going, uh, where's Frank and Mary? I don't know. They're not coming. Uh, somebody text them. Where are you? Uh, we're not coming anymore. Why? They uninvited us. Then <laughs> the talk at the party becomes, can you believe they were uninvited the same day? What a disaster. Complete another disaster. Uh, before I go and wrap up episode 79 of the Drive-By Podcast, I just wanted to say a few words for the uh, late Gino Ojic, who played for the Vancouver Canucks for uh, many years. When I was living in Vancouver, uh, Gino was their beloved son. Uh, Gino was, you know, tough guy on the ice, but nice guy off the ice. Only great things to say about anyone who ever met Gino Ojic, who ended up playing for the Montreal Canadiens, I think in the early 2000s. I think it was the 2002 season he played for the Haps. And I had a chance, several chances actually, within the course of a week that I was in Vancouver when I was living in Calgary. I went and played poker almost every night that I was there with a couple of my buddies and I recognized Gino Ojic and Gino was uh, an avid poker player. So I must have played poker a good half a dozen times with Gino and he remembered me from night after night and I was sitting at his table and had nice conversations about Montreal. Of course, he grew up just outside of the city uh, here in Quebec and... He had a heart issue. He was told many years ago that it was possibly going to be a, a terminal heart condition. And he had a heart attack over the weekend and passed away. Very young. And uh, my thoughts are with Gino. Uh, just an incredible guy. Sweetheart of a man. Honestly, really lovely guy. Really like one of those gentle giants. And um, my condolences go out to his family. Episode 79 of the Drive-By Podcast. Sponsored by... Berkici.ca, Italy at your doorstep. Check out the thousands of authentic products direct from Italy. And order online right now, or when you finish listening to this podcast, when you get a chance, do it. Berkici.ca, they ship anywhere in Canada, any city from coast to coast, from Vancouver to Newfoundland, wherever you are, even here in Montreal, you don't want to go to the actual store, order, and they'll deliver Go to berkichi.ca or click on the link on this episode of the Drive-By Podcast and order today. Berkichi.ca. Thank you so much for listening in to the podcast. Number 80 is coming up on Thursday. I'm Freeway Frank. Ciao for now. The Drive-By with Freeway Frank. Freeway Frank.